0: The rose kale was upsetting. Next weekend is my wedding. With the fight selections and the fight reflections. This is fighting with myself. Oh, 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 fighting with myself. Oh, oh, oh yeah. What is going on, you guys? Holy shit, those fights, huh? As you can probably hear, my voice is a little shot. And that is from screaming after that main event last night, not gonna lie um, it was chaos i i'm I'm still kind of speechless about it, to be honest, but I'm gonna do my best to gather my thoughts about it and um and uh I don't know, recap these great night of fights um now, is it raining outside? Yes. Is that frustrating my cats? Yes. Is that messing up the audio? Yes. But am I going to still record? Yes. And that's fine. Um, Got a lot to cover, actually, as far as what went down. And then, you know, current events. Got some awesome questions for you guys. So I wanted to, um, to get started right away. We're going to recap 237. Then we'll talk about... Um, Some uh, current events and fight announcements from the past week. And then we'll get into some questions from you guys. Which is very cool. And I got a voice message for the first time from my boy Tom. Shout out Tom. And um, we'll get to that in, in a little while here. But let's first recap those fights. First of all, the UFC website, whoever runs the website, has to get their shit together. Okay? Because... When I was looking at the main card, as far as, like, who's on the prelims, who's the main card, the on UFC.com, it had Ryan Spann versus Noguera on opening up the fucking main card. So, of course, they did a pick for that. Of course. I mean, it's almost like I don't—should should I not be trusting the UFC? Like, what is going on here? I mean— I kind of just for time's sake and you know my own sanity. I don't do picks on the entire card, but maybe I should start so that just this doesn't happen anymore because it's annoying the shit out of me. Um, but anyways, um, I'm gonna count that as as far as you know stuff because not only did one fight get scrapped, um, there was another fight that wasn't even listed on the website that I didn't pick, so um, I kind of have to count this as part of a part of the recap. Um actually before I get into that, um just a just a quick highlight, um honorable mention of um a fight in the prelims that I really enjoyed. Um that I thought I was gonna enjoy even more, to be honest. But um it was Thiago Moisés versus Kurt Hollebaugh. And um I was really excited for this fight because Thiago Moises, uh, I wanna say like three years ago, like sometime in twenty sixteen, he pulled off one of my favorite submissions in MMA. And um, it's a helicopter armbar. And if you don't know what that is, first off, I tweeted out the um, breakdown that um, Henry and Hiron Gracie did when that fight happened. It was so long ago that it was an RFA, which if you guys remember, merged with Legacy to become LFA. So it was Resurrection Fighting Alliance versus, and then Legacy Fighting Championship. People just called Legacy, but it was like LFC. So then they merged to become LFA, Legacy Fighting Alliance, which kind of made sense because it was an actual alliance, if you will, a merger. A lot of cool things happened from that because we got a lot of... they, They wanted to be a feeder league for the UFC as kind of their business model. And McMaynard was the president of Legacy, I believe... Um, and so he ended up selling his shares and then became the matchmaker for the UFC because it was like a conflict of interest. So that kind of like forced that to happen. And big Maynard is a hell of a matchmaker, I think. Um, so that was some cool stuff. But anyways, (laughs) a little tangent about fucking LFA history. Uh, Chagamoy says, did that helicopter armbar. If you don't know what that is, like I said, watch the breakdown, but I'll quickly summarize. So if you're, um, if you're on the bottom and someone is, not in your guard, but standing in your guard, kind of you can put your feet on their hips um get risk if you have wrist control on both arms um, you can then push up with your legs and elevate them and then sort of use that to turn them and so so you so the, it's almost like you remember <laughs> if you remember when you were a kid, you would play airplane with your parents, whatever they they would lift you up with their legs like that, it's like that, and then you fucking flip them over and armbar them and it's awesome and he did that in um in rfa a few years ago and i was like damn i hope we see something cool like that obviously it's like you know once in a lifetime type of thing so i wasn't expecting the same thing but i was like yeah maybe he'll get like a fucking i don't know flying triangle or something like that that'd be cool uh but he didn't uh and partially that was because of kurt Holabaugh. Um, having great defense and and it wasn't for lack of trying Uh, that definitely was um, a grapple heavy match Um, and chocomus has some nice takedowns as well a lot of jiu-jitsu guys don't have good good wrestling but he had some some good takedowns good timing on those so um, i think he has a bright future in the ufc i would love to see where he goes next um, but getting into my predictions, and, and as far as recapping the main card, um, like I said, this was not on the main card, but on the website it was Ryan Span beating um, Antonio Nogueira. And I got this one right, but no one cares because it wasn't on the main card. I care. That's fine. Um, and I, I, I feel like I was one of the only ones, dude. Like everyone was like, oh, Nogueira, don't count him out. He, he counts Sam Alvey. Come on, Brunson KO'd Sam Alvey. Let's be real. (laughs) Um, But Ryan Spann looked like he just didn't give a fuck. And honestly, it was like, I I read this article that was saying how Ryan Spann, after his his last loss, he stayed in bed for like several days. Like he was just so super depressed, uh, which I can relate to for sure and I think that motivated him I think he was like I never want to feel this way again Um, so while he hasn't shown like flashes of brilliance um, I think he's still developing his skill set I think he's gotten now got the right mentality Um, and I mean we'll kind of get to this a little bit later Um, he you know like little nog is a little bit past a lot past his prime let's say he's um, kind of a dinosaur at this point. So that's not like a huge win, but he's still getting on the right track. And he he did what he should have done, which is KO him in the first round. I mean, if he went into deep waters with him, that would be like a little bit telling to where I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't rush this guy. But, um, you know, he did exactly what you do with someone who's past their primes. Get them the fuck out of there. And that's what the fight game is about. The, the young lions pushing out the old dinosaurs and um for little nog's health sake maybe i hope he hangs it up and you certainly don't want to tell a person when they should retire um but sometimes you have to um luke thomas has a has a great like philosophy on that where he says like um you know, people always say like, oh, you can't tell a man when he retires. Like, yeah. Maybe we have an obligation to, you know, in certain scenarios, like BJ Penn, we have an obligation to tell BJ Penn to stop, you know, just, I mean, he, he first has a record of, 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 uh, you know, two division champ, not simultaneously, but having weights and um, belts in two different weight classes. And he had a Bunch of other records, and now he has the record of the most consecutive UFC losses. Dude, that is not a good record to have. Okay? I mean, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Um, I don't want to give that too much shine. Um, Clay Guida was awesome. He, Clay Guida in his fights, he's always like bouncing around and moving, and like he never um, stops moving. And that was like the case in the post fight interview, he just he just kept asking. It was almost like he was so jacked up on adrenaline that he was like, "Yeah, let's keep this going." And he was like leading the, um, the crowd in a BJ chant, which was which was nice. Um, I mean, if that is his last fight, um, he deserves a nice send off like that. But uh, I, I I really don't think that that'll be it for him. Even if the UFC cuts him, um, he'll he'll find somewhere else. I mean I mean Bellator is known for for picking up guys like that and giving them favorable matchups and um Bellator already made it to Hawaii and they have a Hawaiian champ in Alimilemic McFarlane so they'd love to to I I think they'd love to go there again and I'm sure they would want BJ Penn in that on that Hawaiian card like there's no doubt about it so um while I would love for BJ Penn to be done I don't think he is um And then I had predicted Francisco Trinaldo was going to beat Carlos Diego Ferreira. That fight got canceled. Not sure why. Um, I think it was a medical issue. So that's um, off the table. But what we did get, and I don't know if this was, like I said, the UFC website. It's terrible. um, So I don't know if this was planned to be on the main card or if it was because um, Trinaldo and Ferreira got scrapped. But we had um, Irene Aldana beating Betch Correa. And it's easy to say this, but if, if I, had I been predicting this fight, I would have predicted that. Um, I think it was Irene's debut. She fought Leslie Smith, and she lost that fight, but from the way she fought, and she trains with um, Alexa Grasso, I believe, who, who um, whose skills I'm, I'm a fan of as well, and Irene Aldana, um, the way she fought Leslie Smith, I'm like, oh. She, she she'll be fine she she she'll make um she'll make waves in this division not waves you know like you know what i mean but she'll she'll be able to beat uh, people and um not a big fan of Batch, so i'm happy we didn't get to see that fucking dance she does every time she wins um but um yeah i love i love Irene Aldana um women's Bantamweight is a little bit weird like it's kind of shallow there's not a lot of like like people are kind of upset that Holly Holmes getting a shot when she um her last one was a featherweight and then she she beat Betch Kohea at way and then had had some some weird losses in between. Like um Holly's really the only one that makes sense. And that's them's the breaks you know? Um so yeah. Uh good job Irene Aldana. And then I had predicted Thiago Alves to beat Laureano Staropoli. Um Laureano Staropoli is from Argentina, and there's a lot of Italians in Argentina. And so I, I just saw Staropoli. I was like, oh, maybe he's Italian. And then he's, he's um, Argentinian. Um, and I, I just thought that was interesting because we have Ponsonibbio, but he doesn't really like... Claim his Italian heritage, but I, I have a feeling like Laureano is going to be like one of those guys that's like, no, I have my roots in Italy too. Um, he looked fucking awesome, and Thiago Alves looked good, but not good enough, obviously, to beat Steropoli. Um And he had some good moments, but for the most part, um, Laureano had an answer for everything Thiago threw at him um, and wasn't really uh, getting rocked. He was, he was confusing him with footwork, and he was landing that switch kick at will. Um, So that was a pretty dominant performance for for him. And speaking of dominant performances, Alexander Volkanovsky beating Jose Aldo, which I predicted. Now, I made that prediction knowing full well that three-round Aldo is a different beast than five-round Aldo, and that Aldo has made a career off-beating wrestlers like Volkanovsky um and I was pretty confident in my pick but then when, once I stopped the recording I was like I don't know and then I was listening to uh the MMA Nerd podcast and their breakdown of that fight I was like oh my god I, I'm so wrong I'm so wrong is gonna win holy shit but thankfully Alexander the Great proved me wrong or proved me right fuck anyway proved them wrong but uh no, he looked great. And the thing is, he's not just your typical wrestler. And I, I really only think he's, his wrestling comes from the fact that he used to play rugby. Um, and he trains, I believe, at City Kickboxing with um, Israel Asanya and Kaikar France and those guys. So his stand-up is legit. And he was uh, he was throwing... I mean, all of it didn't get dominated. Like, it was definitely like... It wasn't one of those things where you where you think like Aldo should be done. Um, I think Aldo's got some got a few fun fights left. Um, and, and I'm 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 kinda glad that um, Alex won just because this is sort of a number one contender's fight. And I kinda hate hate when the title's not on the line for both guys. Like just to back up a few weeks ago, um, when Jacare beat Jack Hermanson, or sorry, when he fought before before the fight, that he was told that if he were to win, he would get a title shot. But the same promise was not made to Jack Hermanson, who ended up winning. So it's just kind of weird. So Alexander Volkanovsky should get a title shot based on what we've been we've been hearing. Now, I don't think this was like one of those clear-cut ones where they said. Um, but it was, it was pretty much like, you know, from a ranking standpoint, like who else is there? And we'll get into... That in the fan questions a little bit. Um, some, someone brings up a good point. About Frankie Edgar. Um, or not really a good point. They just sort of mentioned it. But I have some things to say about that. Because um, ultimately. I would I would like to see Volkanovski fight for the title. Um, next. Whether that's. Whether he gets the next shot. Over anybody. That's a different story. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Frankie in, in, in there at all. But. I don't think Alex should take another fight. I think he should get the winner of Max and Frankie if they fight, or he should just fight Max. You know, it is what it is, as Max would say. Um, And the next we had Jared Cannonier beating Anderson Silva. Now, Anderson Silva is kind of at a weird point in his career where the fights he's taking are against like young up and coming guys and he's not really getting blown out of the water like like this finish right before that he didn't look too bad um if you didn't watch the fight basically um Jared was was landing some nice leg kicks throughout the fight um like inside leg kicks and one of them the one that stopped the fight he hit it so hard right into the inner thigh of Anderson Silva kind of buckled his leg and he went down and looked like Jared, um, Jared was going to step in and, and finish him with some ground and pound, but Herb Dean stepped in right away, um, realized that it was an injury. Um, and Herb Dean is, um, so good at this. Um, he did that when, um, Tim Sylvia refused to tap against Frank Mir. Frank Mir had him in an armbar and broke his arm, and he realized that the arm was broken. Um, And refs can and should do that. Um, They should realize when, when, you know, save a fighter from themselves when they're trying to uh, protect themselves from, I don't know, losing the fight. But uh, in this case, Anderson Silva was visibly in pain and he cried out like, ah kind of thing. Um, which if you look deeper into the rules a little bit, a cry like that, um, can constitute as a verbal tap. Now, in this case, they called it a TKO because I think Herb just saw that it was the injury and he called off the fight. And then and the doctor stepped in right away and kind of confirmed, I don't know if his leg is broken or if that force caused him to like blow out his hamstring. Uh, or maybe rupture a muscle. I have no idea, but clearly he brutalized him. And when I predicted that Cannonie would win, I'm not going to say, like, oh, I predicted something like this, where like even, let's say it was a knockout. I didn't I didn't predict a first-round knockout. I thought it would happen maybe later in the fight, if at all, or I thought he might be even by decision. Because Anderson Silva right now, um, going back to what I said about these... Sort of matchups where he's taking against young guys, he's not getting blown on the water, but he he's sort of just fighting defensively sometimes. Where whereas um, old Anderson is like going for the kill, and he, he is it sometimes, but I think he just like he knows he could get knocked out at any moment, so he's sort of playing it safe a little bit. Um, and Jared, people were upset at Jared, and I kind of was at first because he um, when he beat him. When Herb called off the fight, he sort of held his um, his hand up to his ear like, "What? Well, I don't hear anything. Like, oh boy. And that's not the kind of thing you do when you get a weird finish like that where it's an injury. Like if you get a knockout or submission, that's understandable. But even still, you're kind of celebrating a man's demise. Um, but I want to... Just try and do a little bit of insight into that a little bit because I think Cannoneer was was just um, – like it wasn't just that moment. It was a culmination of everything probably throughout the week. I mean there was a clip on – I don't know if it was the Embedded or I, I saw it on Twitter where he was like a food court with his daughter and this little girl comes up and says, Anderson Silva is the best in the world. He goes, No, I'm the best. I'm fighting Anderson. And that little girl's like, oh shit, right away. And I like like if that if that was just what we saw, there had to have been much more instances like that with adults and probably saying, uva, vai and stuff like that. I mean, good goodness knows we heard that throughout the fight. So I think you're just saying, like, you know, hey, like we as fans know that Brazilian crowds are gonna do that. And the fighters know, but at the same time, it's they still take it as a sign of disrespect. So I think he was just like, hey, guys, what do you got to say now? And uh, that was a little bit evident in the post-fight interview because when they're when John Attack was asking him the question, you know, whatever it was, like, give us your thoughts on the fight or whatever, he looked in the crowd and was just waiting, like, just silent, like, are you done? Because they were just booing him, just booing, and... You can say, "Oh, you didn't really beat him he he got an injury so he's out of the fight, but at the same time he the goal is to do damage and he did that damage so um while it is a little bit of a f of a freak ending, it's not like um Anderson did that himself um it was definitely Jared's like that that set that up um so great win for him um we'll talk about what's next for him a little bit in the question segment but um he looked awesome. Um, I would love to see him. Well, we'll get to that later. But um, I think he's finally found his home in middleweight. And um, Jared Jared Kennedy are just working with um, John Crouch in the MMA lab. I think they're really working on his skill set and his work ethic. Um, I like Jared a lot. I um, uh, was listening to an interview he did with Ariel Hawani after, um after he fought David Branch. And um Ariel was noting that in in previous fights he would come out with a Tali, which is a which is something from Judaism, and he had talked about how he was working on his um spirituality and kind of finding his own beliefs and everything, rather than just being like um, you know, believing in what he was told as a kid and sort of that ingrained, you know, programming that um I, I think religion does. So um, I thought that was cool, but then he, but then he he is not um, carrying the tilly anymore because he's no longer practicing Judaism. He talked about how he he got introduced to like African uh, religion or spirituality, which I thought was pretty cool, um, him discovering those roots. so. Um I just like the guy um <laughs> in one of the interviews he did leading up to the fight um he talked about how he got kicked out of the army for um failing a drug test for weed like he got deployed came back celebrate, smoked some weed, and then they drug tested him and uh he just got kicked out immediately, which is like it's dumb, but you know everything happens for a reason he's in the u f c now, so good for him. And there was a report, I was going to put this in the current events, depending on how the fight um, played out, but um, Anderson Silva was reportedly working on a contract extension, and so I don't know if that was finalized before the fight, I think probably happened afterward, because Anderson Silva has had a little bit of a weird relationship with the UFC these last few years, Um, I think he wants to be in more big fights, and they're more interested in giving him those mat- matchups against the young up-and-comers like Izzy and Jerick and Kananir to kind of push him out a little bit. I, I don't know, but while he he looks good for his age, I think they're, they're trying to squeeze as much as they can out of him. So yeah. he very well could get an extension, who knows. But given the injury, we don't know how he's going to recover or what's going to happen with that. I mean, he was out for a while. Um, after the second Weidman fight, and he was younger, so who knows um, yeah, that's just um it is what it is all right, it's time now. We gotta talk about the the rose fight now. I've said it multiple times on the show. I'm a big Rose fan. Um, her openness in um, dealing with her anxiety and um, all the stuff she's had to overcome. The fact that she was like in like a little bit of PTSD shock when Connor threw the fucking dolly through their bus, and then still beat Joanna um, handedly um handily rather I should say. Um, just a few days later. I mean it just shows how tough she is. Um and people like to all those rose online like to say she's weak. She is not even an ounce of, of, of weak. I mean to to be open about those things that shows the toughness in my opinion the mental fortitude to overcome that because because we all deal with it there's all the, the the little voice in the back of your mind is always there and you can shut it out you can feed into it and she kind of uses that as a motivator i mean i really think you know going into the first wanna fight everyone was counting her out and and that really motivated her like in the fucking Way in uh, stare-down when Joanna was in her face and Joe Rogan was like, what were you saying? And she was like, I was just saying the Lord's Prayer. I mean, that was fucking chilling. So, just to get to the fight, I think, I, I said this in my, my breakdown last week, I, I saw Rose looking at Jessica's fight with Joanna and saying, you know, I have the tools to do that. I can shut her down and I have... I can hang with her in the grappling, and um, you saw that in the first round. I mean, she was piecing her up, dude. Don't deny. All those uh, Andrade fans—they're um, just reveling in the in the in the finish with the slam. But you're forgetting what happened before that. Um, she was getting lit up, dude. Uh, she opened up her eye, was bloody as fuck. And when um, Jessica would go for the slam, Rose would grab a Kimura and. And latch up that arm, so that when she tried to slam she was either to, to like land on her feet rather than land on her back and uh and avoid the slam and she almost got her in an arm bar at one point. It was amazing, so that first round is is exactly how I predicted it going down now that said when. Jessica, I mean, Jessica, hats off to her, didn't give up, kept going for that slam, and eventually got her hands locked, even though Rose had the Kimura, so it ended up being a detriment to her, being a detriment to Rose, because she then couldn't use her hands to break the fall or get in a different position, and Jessica pile-drived her, uh, landing right on her head. And that knocked her out. Um, they stopped the fight immediately. Um, it kind of looked like Rose was putting her hand up. And I couldn't tell if that was one of those like instinctual, like sort of just defend, defend yourself. Like she maybe thought the ref was an, drage. I don't think she was necessarily telling the ref that she was okay. Um, she certainly didn't protest the stoppage in the post-fight interview, which we'll get to later. <laughs> um, but it was just so sad because she was winning the fight. I mean, she was winning that fight. You can't say otherwise. I mean, the the footage is there. And obviously, I'll I'll eat crow on this. I've said it before. I don't mind being wrong because it means that um, something... We found some new information that I didn't see. I I like learning about, you know, these fighters and what they can do. And I don't think we actually necessarily learned anything about Andrade. We knew she could do that. Uh, She did it to countless people. But um, what we did learn is um Rose I think has the tools to beat her but she did say in the post-fight interview she said um she said she was kind of relieved and that the pressure was off her shoulders um and I saw some people online saying um that she should retire or that she not that maybe not that she should but that that she was thinking about it based on that um that um, quick in in cage interview, and I was like, I don't know, man. I think she just needs to take some time. Like, like even GSP when after he fought Johnny Hendricks, he was just like, I have to take some time. I have to hang up the glove for a little bit. And everyone's like, Are you retiring? He he never said the retire word. He he took a four year layoff, and then he came back and realized that he you know is now the time for him, him to retire. So I think let's just give Rose some time. I think she needs to talk it over with Pat and her team, and Trevor Whitman. They're both very um, honest with her, and they have her best intentions at heart. I don't think any of them is looking to like get extra money off of her and and keep her in there longer than she needs to be. I think she uh, she climbed that mountain of getting getting the UFC belt and beating the most dominant fighter in that weight class twice, and I don't think she's got a lot left to prove. Um that said if she does come back um I would like to see her get the rematch with um Carla um that's who beat her in her first UFC title fight after the ultimate fighter and a lot of people forget that fight like a lot of people forget that Carla was the champion because she lost to Joanna right away and that was just like the story of that division for a while but Carla has been looking good um since losing to Joanna I mean she's had some up and downs it's not like she's been on a streak since Joanna but um, honestly when, when you want to beat her I think everyone was like Oh she shouldn't have been champion kind of thing But um, I, I, think, I think Rose wins that fight In the rematch I think she's grown immensely Since then And um, And uh, what really was a factor In that fight was Carla's wrestling And ultimately She got a rear naked choke Which Rose Has been known to finish people with since then, you know Paige Van Zem, Michelle Waterson, and she's known for taking the back and 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 sticking those hooks in. So um, I I honestly think that fight is is so different um, the second time around. So I would love to see that rematch, uh, and I and I and I wouldn't mind an immediate rematch. And, and we'll get to this in the question segment a little bit. Uh, people are talking about it, um, but it sucks because the first fight with Yoana uh and rose it it was kind of easy to see not easy but it, it, i could kind of see why they wanted to do that immediate rematch because it was such a quick finish and it's just like whoa maybe she just got caught let, let, let's run that back and i guess they were kind of proven right with the fact that it went the distance but we did find out that rose was the better fighter in, in terms of uh you know she has joan's number like i think they could fight 10 times and Rose beats her at least eight of them um, But This one I feel like it kind of does warrant An immediate rematch But I don't know if they'll give it to her Because she just went through that same scenario Like they want to get the title picture Moving again They flew Michelle Waterson out to be um, Cage side And obviously Michelle lost to Rose So I kind of think they were hoping Andrade won um, It sucks it really does, um, but if if Rose isn't ready to fight anymore, uh, like she kind of noted in her um, post-fight press conference interview, then you got to move on, and and you got to do that that fight with Michelle Waterson and, and Andrade. Although, in my opinion, Waterson doesn't um, quite des- deserve the title as much. Um, title shot I think it should be the winner of Tatiana Suarez and Nina Ansaroff but um, I'm not mad at it if they want to book that fight so those are my thoughts on the fight Um, love all the interactions on Twitter I've been getting Um, please keep that up and um, thanks for the questions that you submitted we'll get to those in a second Um, but before we do I want to get into some current events so let's um, let's do that next all right. Well, before I get into the current events, uh, I just wanted to say I know I probably sound a little salty about Rose losing, and that's because I am, and I, I'm not. Um, I'm not going to shy away from that. Like I am salty. I think she was winning the fight, and um, you know Andraj just kind of came on there with brute strength, which is kind of her thing, and it's worked really well for her. So hats off to her. I'm not taking anything away from her in that regard. It just sucks for Rose, and and now she's talking about potential retirement. Um, but uh, um, I hope I hope she just takes some time and, and takes a, takes a year off to, to kind of see where her head's at. So that's my final thoughts on that. And we'll get into this current events. First up on the docket is Rumble Johnson getting arrested for domestic violence. Now I wasn't going to touch this at first, and you guys know that uh, if you listen to the podcast in the past, you know that I'm pretty vocal about um, you know shaming people for domestic violence and just, um, I don't know, hitting women in general, <laughs> Greg Hardy, <laughs> but I read the report for Rumble Johnson, uh, getting booked, uh, getting, getting arrested. And it seemed like it wasn't that bad on the surface. And I'm certainly not going to defend him at all. Um, and obviously, um, rumble johnson has a history of this dating by 2009 but i don't think there have been any incidents since then so i think he's maybe cleaned his life up or at least i would hope uh that's kind of what i have thought had thought and turned his life around um in the report just to quick quickly summarize i guess they were having a fight she was getting when i say she it's his it's his girlfriend i believe and i don't know her name so i'm not um really i don't know what's going on in his life but um basically he um she she was packing up his stuff trying to kick him out of the house and he was not having any of that um he was trying to calm her down so he the report says you know this is her statement on it or whatever what she told the police and what he admitted to is that I don't know. They rephrase it as a football hold. He picked, he picked her up in a football hold and, um, and, and just set her down in in the, in the room and on the bed or something. So I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what exactly a football hold means. Like I thought of it two ways, either one sort of like a fireman's carry where you pick him up, which is kind of how they people get tackled sometimes, or, you know, <laughs> sort of what he did to Polly Malignaggi which is just a, like a one-arm sort of like having you like like they carry the football like tucked under their arm kind of like I could definitely see him being strong enough to just pick up with one arm under his arm and take her in the room now a couple quick thoughts on this Rumble Johnson this is a scary dude um so obviously if you get picked up by him and you know the history you, you she had every right to call the cops And. But then it's still a little bit unclear as to what um, he did after that. And I don't know if it's because she called the cops and then like maybe he would have done more. I don't know. Um, You know what I mean? And originally, like I said, I wasn't going to touch this, but then I was listening to the MMA Marks podcast. Uh, Shout out those guys. Um, Their show is really fun. I feel like I'm just like hanging around drinking beers with them. Um, actually, I want I would love to do that, and I would also want to just listen to their podcast drunk because I feel like it'll be like in the vibe, but I'm usually like at work or driving when I listen to, to it, so obviously, none of those things can happen. Uh, but they brought up a very good point, and by the way, MMA Marks is, is two guys, Ricky and Buddy. Um, I always want to say Ricky Bobby for some reason, but it's Ricky and Buddy. Um, they they when they do their picks, they do the whole entire card, and Buddy had a pretty clean sweep, I think he He got like two fights wrong, which is impressive. Um, so so those guys know their shit and uh, you should give them a follow and a listen. Um, MMA marks. But real quick on the Anthony Johnson subject. Um they kind of we we kind of agree on this they were talking about not not really knowing what was going on and but also not wanting to like defend him at all and I forget who said it um one of them said that you know I've never just picked up somebody and just put them down something like that I'm paraphrasing but that got me thinking I'm like yeah i I'm not comfortable with not calling this domestic violence like something something happened there. At least there was an argument to lead up. It's not like everything was cool before he picked her up. So um, it, it just sucks that this this guy got brought up again. And I'm glad it looks like no one got hurt. Uh, and I hope that um, I, I hope I hope that he he cleans up his act and he says he's retired from MMA and I hope he stays retired. Um, for that reason, you know, anyone that uh, going around hitting women uh, or putting their hands on women in that way should not be in the octagon. So get the fuck out. And it's actually, I love rumble, but you, you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to defend that at all. You know, get your fucking life together, you know? Um, something that happened last night, um, obviously uh, Bellator and the UFC went head to head um, you know, there are cars going on at the same time and I always want to be one of those people that, um, can go back and forth and have two screens, but, um, that's not me. I I, I can't do that. I've, I've yet to master that art. So, uh, at some point I'll catch the replay. Um, I wanted to get this episode out before, so obviously I didn't see, um, the Bellator fights, but, um, I did see Jake Hager's post-fight interview and uh, someone posted a clip of the finish. What the fuck, man? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> That's all. I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more in the question segment, but just him. First of all, holding on to the submission and then saying like, "Oh, I thought I didn't know it was the ref trying to pull me off. I thought it was the guy." Come on, you got you got to. And then and this is why people that are, come from a different sport, if you will, I and mean, WWE is not really a sport, but a different line of work, getting into MMA right away. They should definitely have more training. I mean, he he was a. Um, d1 all-american wrestler so he had the background where it made sense but you know jiu you got to learn how to choke somebody out right and know when they're out and he definitely tapped so yeah i mean th- there's not really a defense for that i don't think i, th- I think he's he's a little bit kind of a, i don't know if he's trying to do a heel turn because they were booing him and he was just like yeah keep booing me i don't give a shit and then he said I'm rock hard with emotion in the post-fight interview. And I saw that on Twitter. Um, I, I saw people talking about it. And I was like, rock hard with emotion? Wow, what a fucking weirdo. And there was like, oh, people are wondering when he got his stiffy. And I'm, I'm like, what? And so I had to go back and find this. And I thought I thought he was saying that like metaphorically. Like, I'm rock hard with emotion. Like, I've definitely said that before. Like, when a fight gets announced, I'll be like, oh, I'm hard. I'm hard. But obviously, I'm not really hard. Like, what the fuck, dude? Um, and so he says that, and then if you listen to it, if you, if you or if you watch the fight live, you'll know. He, say, he goes, I'm rock hard with emotion right now. I have a boner. And like, as if the second part was meant to clarify, like, no, this isn't metaphorical. This is an actual boner. And I still don't quite believe it. I mean... I'm saying they didn't show his lower half. Thank God. But you got to figure, okay, he's got a cup on. If it's true, that's going to hurt like a bitch. And uh, what did he take the cup out? I I just don't want to like even think about it. I want to be thinking about Jake Hager's dick on my show. Um, Jack Swagger, if you will. But come on. (laughs) <laughs> it feels like everything some every time something like that happens that like sort of makes the headlines a little bit where people start talking about it and there's like buzz about it it feels like someone else is gonna do it or or, or like even, even if it's like taking the piss they're gonna do it and uh i'm just like no let's let's not uh <laughs> so if jake Harrier becomes the boner in a cage guy i don't know how i'll feel about that um and yeah, come on, everyone's saying, oh, TJ Jones, uh, he's got a chance. No, just just no. Um, that was definitely a squash match. And let's talk about Dustin Poirier getting the key to the city, uh, to Lafayette, Louisiana, his hometown. Now, this is fucking awesome. And I don't know if he's the first fighter to get a kid city. I don't think so, but I I also don't know if he's not, then who would have been or, or who else has in the past. Um, usually these things, when they come out of the like, second, it's like a big deal um, where like, like Pettis being on the Wheaties box, Roger Huerta being on the cover of sports illustrated, like those kind of firsts for MMA people like to celebrate. And I said, we'll be really happy for Dustin, uh, but I didn't see anyone saying, Oh, he's the first fighter. So I, I kind of don't know. Uh, But he definitely deserves it, man. I mean, you guys know, I feel we talked about on the podcast, he's a great dude. All the stuff he does for charity, I'm really happy for him. And um, I think that what it comes down to, obviously, the success he's having in the Octagon is a great representation for for Lafayette. But also the charity work that he's doing, I think, shines uh, a really awesome, like a really positive light on the city. And that's why the mayor decides to, to give him the key. So hats off to him. That's fucking awesome. And now we kind of have some sort of rumors, sort of confirmed um, fight announcements. Uh, People have been talking about Zabit versus Brian Ortega. And first of all, I'm in 100% the fight to make. And um, a lot of people are going to think like Brian Ortega's jujitsu is going to be the the thing that's going to solve the puzzle of Zabit because Zabit's um, right now just been um, sort of He's, he's kind of seems like he's just a flashy striker. Uh, but if you remember, he got an anaconda choke in, I want to say, his second UFC fight or might have been his first. Um, and uh, he, not not only that, even if he hadn't shown it in the octagon, um, I saw in an interview, he, he won an aerial show and um, they were talking about how there's this school in Russia that he went to when he was like, he started started going there when he was like six years old where I think they, they probably teach him academics. Like it's like somewhat of a boarding school or something. And, but then they just train MMA all day, like all after the martial arts. Like he would train in like karate, taekwondo, jujitsu, wrestling, uh, sambo, judo, like all the martial arts and blending them together. So that's why he looks unbeatable it was because he's literally been doing this since he was six years old um, and like all at once. Like, not like, oh, I've been wrestling since I was little, and then I started incorporating boxing when I was 18. Like, he's been fucking doing this shit his whole life. And so that's why he's like, also doesn't have much of a personality. <laughs> he's just like, all he knows is he's like a robot. Um, and I say rumor because I don't think it's confirmed yet. Uh, I think people are just getting high about it, and I would hate for us to get honey dicked. So I, w- I want to kind of pump the brakes on it a little bit, but I also r- really would love to see that. So, um, i hope it does happen and i don't know who i'll pick uh it, it's kind of like easy to 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 be like oh like kind of be on the hype train with Zabit, as everyone was sort of on the hype train with ortega as well before he he got beat by max but i also think um after a fighter loses it doesn't mean like they're fucking done like mma fans are so fickle Oh, Max took his soul. Like I feel like people are gonna say that, um, and who knows? Like he could lose to Zabit, but that doesn't mean if he does that that will happen. Um, I think he could very well pull it off, and and that's kind of cool because right now Zabit looks unbeatable, and um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Now another. Now we're into like sort of confirmed, sort of not. Um, Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis at 170 for UFC 241. Um, Ariel Hawani tweeted this out and then like two minutes later, Dana White posted about it. And I really, and Dana White usually doesn't, um, post fight announcements. I really think he saw the fucking tweet from Ariel and he was like, you motherfucker, I gotta get this news out for, you know, my followers are going to see it first. You fucking piece of shit. So uh, his was just thrown together, um, which is hilarious. But I guess I read a little bit of the report from Ariel and Brett, um, I kind of like how they're working together, but it also feels like a little bit of in-house competition. I'm not sure how that dynamic is. That'd be kind of interesting to know that um, dynamic. But um, the report says it's been verbally agreed upon. Uh, and we can't get excited for a fight that's verbally agreed upon. And people are saying Nate like doesn't want to fight, and then he pulls out of fights. He doesn't really pull out of fights. Once he signs the agreement and it's for sure booked, he doesn't really pull out of a fight even if he's injured. Um he'll fight through it. Now he was supposed to fight Dustin Poirier. Dustin pulled out and then he just wasn't interested in any other opponents. Um I think I think I think they tried to salvage it and he was just like, nah. Because I think he actually tried to get out of it because he wanted more money and he wanted it to be the for the one sixty five pound title, um, like him and Dustin were talking about. Um but um the UFC wasn't interested in doing that, so he was just like, "You know, fuck you guys." So I think they finally are throwing enough money at him. It sounds like if he verbally agreed upon it, but until it really gets inked, I'm not counting my um, I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch on this one. Um, that said, that's a fun ass fight. Um, I loved Pettis. Um, against Tony Ferguson. I thought he did great against Tony Ferguson. Um, I think if he didn't break his hand, that fight maybe goes a little different. I think Tony still probably wins, but I think he could have maybe gone to a decision and it would have been uh, the war we deserved, which we did pretty much get anyway. And then he looked, I won't say he looked good against Wonder Boy because actually Wonder Boy was winning the fight before he got knocked out. But it kind of looked like, he talked about in his interview, it looked like he was Sort of planning to lose a little bit, like he was getting reads, and he was he was attacking the um the lead leg of Wonder Boy, um, or maybe the back leg, I can't remember, but it was what set up the um, Superman hook, if you will, and um, that was awesome. And I think he just like he looks better at that weight, like not having to cut all all that weight. So that uh, I think Nate and, and Pettis not having to cut weight and um, finally getting to scrap. I mean, we've been wanting this fight for years when Pettis was the champion. Um, that's awesome. So I hope that uh, really happens. Another fight that seemed like a rumor at first, but now it's official. They announced it on the UFC broadcast, and maybe they announced it before that the contract was signed, is Cowboy Cerrone versus Tony Ferguson at um, UFC 238. And this feels like a genuine number one contender fight. I don't think they've gone out and said that. I don't think they're like, the winner of this will get a title shot, but I have a feeling um, once these guys do some post-fight, or not some post-fight, sorry, some pre-fight interviews, um, one of them, if not Tony, is going to say, um, yeah, I've been promised a title shot if I win. Like, 100%. I think Cerrone finally wants it wants the title. He's been vocal about it. He um, talked about it after his last win. And Tony obviously deserves a shot. I mean, obviously so that's a fun fight and um i'm gonna reserve my pick for now obviously we gotta i'll do that breakdown in a couple weeks but this is this is another close one and i love fights like that um i heard also that um cowboy um had petitioned to make the fight um five rounds um but uh they, they didn't want to do that, obviously, because it wouldn't be the main event. They wouldn't have a title on the line, so they didn't want to do that. Uh, but Cowboy, I guess, feels good uh, in five-round fights, so that's cool. Now, this one is confirmed. Um, Gilbert Melendez versus Arnold Allen. Now, I, I like watching Arnold Allen fight. Um, I liked his last fight. Um, I like his interviews. He always references his dad being on steroids because his dad was a weightlifter. Um <laughs> and I, I guess his dad even did mma for a little bit as like a just like a heavyweight like strongman um so it's just it's just he he's just fun to watch and gilbert melendez obviously is og um you know formerly of the scrap pack with um, nick and nate and jake shields and those guys so um they're gonna fucking go to war man gil in his last fight against jeremy stevens um just eating those leg kicks that was tough, man. So I hope he learned to check a kick since then. Otherwise, Arnold Allen's gonna be piecing that front leg up. But that's an awesome fight, and that I guess wraps up current events. Um, I'm excited to to get into these. Um, listener questions. I'm hesitant to call them fan questions because it just feels weird. I'm only in my seventh episode to say like I have fans, but obviously you guys like the podcast enough to, to sub- submit your questions. So I'm very grateful for that. Thank you so much. And uh, we got a voice question, which is pretty cool. Um, if you guys are listening on anchor or if you have the app, you want to download it. Um, that's obviously the, um, the platform that hosts this podcast and you can leave um, any Um, person that has an account on there you can leave them a voice message almost like calling in and uh, we can play it on the show which i'm going to do in just a moment here so um keep doing that keep sending these questions and let's uh without further ado let's get into these fan questions all right first up we got a question from my man tom powerful cte zach Uh probably butchered that last name. Sorry, mate. But um, he's the one uh, kind enough to send me a voice uh, question. So let's let's get that going real quick. If you could book it, would you rather see Jake Hager versus Greg Hardy or Juan Adam versus Greg Hardy? Love that. Um, love his dialect, by the way. If you could book it, would you rather see Jake Hager versus Greg Hardy or Juan, he with the Juan, love it. Can't get enough. Um, Thanks, Tom. Um, Also love the shout-outs on Twitter. Um, You're the fucking man. But uh, to answer your question, definitely Juan Adams. Um, I think given that they want to kind of give hardy opponents that um, are somewhat favorable matchups for him, they probably think... um, Juan Adams coming off a loss is a better matchup um, to give him. And I think they're wrong. I think Juan Adams would fucking destroy him um, just because he's, he's massive. He's one of the only guys in the division who can probably match Hardy with size. Um, and uh, he's been very vocal about wanting that fight. And I think you got to put someone in there who really wants to beat Greg Hardy. Um, Jay Kager seems like he maybe doesn't really care. Um, not only that, in light of the whole, uh, stiffy situation, let's call it with his fucking being rock hard with emotion. Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't want, um, Jake Hager versus anyone right now, really, to be honest. Um, no, obviously I I like, I like Jake Hager a little bit. Um, but I'm really turned off by that whole boner situation. Like, come on, dude jake Hager. although if he ends up if they would book that fight like if Bellator releases him and ufc signs him and he, he fucks greg hardy i'd be okay with that i'd be okay with that weirdly um now i sound like a freak which you already knew that okay um uh, thanks for the question tom moving on to some twitter questions uh put out the bat signal and you guys showed up thank you um first question is um from at cohen lol he says was colby right about brazil and i'm not sure how to answer this one other than to say no like what is he saying that brazil like right about what about him saying uh brazil is like a dump and they all the people there are filthy animals Like I, I don't. I'm not sure what you mean, sir. Um, I also don't want to say Colby's right about anything because Colby is uh, the king of cringe, and he's well. I mean, the king of cringe is Henry Cejudo. Let's be real. But in terms of like who I really want to see get their ass beat, it's Colby. Like, there's not a single scenario where I where I would want uh, Colby to win. As a matter of fact, if Colby were to fight Greg Hardy, i think i would secretly want greg hardy to win no i can't believe i just said that what why do you guys listen to this podcast i said the most ridiculous things uh but back to colby no fuck him (laughs) that's all i really have to say about that uh next question is from at cody labney I um, hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's probably Cody L. Abney. His name's Cody Lee Abney. Um, what if this gentleman says, uh, is Rose retiring or is she just burnt out? She seemed like to dwell on the families being together and not traveling during her post-fight interview. Um, think she's ready to get married and start a family with Pat or will she get drawn back in? And I had some mixed emotions about this because I didn't necessarily get that vibe from her Octagon post-fight interview. But in the post fight press conference, she kinda did like right away the like she sat down and, and the this Brazilian reporter said, uh, thank you for coming. Uh, sorry about the loss or whatever, but uh are you what are, what are your thoughts? What do you think? And then she said, I I don't think I want to be doing this anymore. I wanna do something else with my life, is what she said. And they said like retirement, and she said I don't know. So I think she's she's like being she's wearing her heart on her sleeve as she always does, and and just being honest in the moment. And I and I I think she wants to take the time like I like I'm suggesting. Um, I think she she doesn't like to feel this way, but also I think um, when she said do something else, I think she means not getting knocked out um and clearly she was winning the fight so that that sucks uh you know so i think she just feels bad on that bad in that in that regard and i don't think i mean like her her and pat have been engaged for a while and if you listen to um an interview that pat barry did in episode um 400 of the mma hour um pat and rose usually come on each other's interviews um And they talked about how when, um, Pat Berry was training Brock Lesnar for UFC 200, uh, he, he was, um, sort of in the midst of his, um, pill addiction. He was addicted to pills and he was like lying to Rose and, um, just, just a great interview and great on honesty. And I think like they've since then, I mean, that was 2016, like they've been really working on their relationship and they just seem like stronger than ever, and so it could be the right time to start a family, but I also don't like to to put that um, certainty on female fighters or what you know if you will. I don't think they have to like fight or have a family. I think they can have both. Um, and obviously, um, you know as an athlete, you want to put your um, career first and be selfish, so that's not always the right time to to have a kid because you have to be selfless. But we've also seen, you know, Cowboy Cerrone getting motivated from having his kid. Um, and Michael Bisping's talked about this, like when you um, when you have a family, like you want to give them the best life that you can with the with the tools that you have and with the with the platform you're given. So um, I don't know. Maybe she does have a layoff. Maybe they do try and start a family, but then she comes back to it. Uh, that would be great. But I I really just want her to do what makes her happy. If that's not fighting anymore, I will be sad to see her go. But um, I wish her the best. And I think she has a future in MMA, like coaching or just using that as a platform, using her success as a platform to like speak about mental health and just just be like sort of a motivational speaker. I think she would be great in that. Um, She also is a fucking beast of a piano player. Like... Are you kidding me? I think she would be great in movies. Like, just given that artistic, you know, sensibility. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to try not to get too emotional talking about Rose. I, I, I don't think she's re- going to retire, but I, I I don't know. And and so I just think we should all just give her some time. That's my final thoughts on that. Um, BJJ Nate um, at Nathan A. Mumford says... What's next for Cannoneer? That was a very significant win. Whether people want to call Silva old or not, those leg kicks are a force to be reckoned with. Yes, um, obviously I, was, I already talked about this in my recap. You're damn right. I mean, controversial or not, it was a finish. And old or not, Silva's still um, a beast. I mean, he's not a he's not at the point like BJ Penn where it's like. Um, he's getting blown out of the water, or he looks like he can't hang with these guys. Like, he's sort of like, um, and when I say blown out of the water, I think I did say earlier that he he is kind of getting blown out of the water, like in some regards, but when I say blown out of the water, I mean like finished early. Um, cause this wasn't really finished, but it was due to an injury. So it's not like, I don't know. I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit here. Um, uh, I'm kind of sounding like a hypocrite or, or whatever. I'm contradicting myself, but, um, yeah, that that was still a great win for Ken Nier. And as far as what's next, uh, I'd like to see Weidman. Can we get Chris Weidman a damn fight? Um, I mean, I heard him on an interview uh, with Ariel Hawani talking about all the surgeries he's had to have since his last fight. Um, and so he's not quite ready, or he could be, but um, the UFC haven't really approached him with any offers. Um, but he's also said that maybe he could potentially move up to 205. Um going to go off a little tangent here a little bit, but if he does, I would love to see him get the rematch with Luke Rockhold, who's now at two Oh five, you know, depending on how he looks against Blahovic So, um, yeah, if he sticks around run a middleweight, I would love to see, um, fight, um, Chris Weidman. If not, maybe the Jacare fight makes sense. Um, you could also do her coming off a nice win. They're, they're both kind of right uh, on the cusp, making, making waves in that division. So, um, that would be awesome. Um, I don't really get pride in like predicting these things. I, I like I said, I, I don't like to always play matchmaker because it's really not my business, and you don't want to get excited for matchups that don't happen. But um, I kind of have a feeling I just may have predicted his next fight. I think I think they give him Hermanson or Weidman. Um, so there, so there's that. Um, Luke Wright at l eagle on Twitter says, "Was the slam from Jessica legal?" She called it a pile driver in the interview, and those are illegal. I already have my opinion, but would like to hear yours. And should Silva have signed on to this card or waited for a vet to take his legacy on the way to retirement? If when Silva fights again, should – would you like to see him go ag- – should would you like – I think means who would you like to see him go against? Should Israel have been his last young fight as a passing of the torch, or does Anderson have something to prove? Um – so I guess this is somewhat of a two-parter really kind of a three-part part. There's a lot to unpack here, but let me just talk about the slam. Uh, I lo- I've looked, I looked this up and it's a bit hazy. So she did say it was a pile driver. She said it's in my name. Her, her nickname is Bate Estaca, which in Portuguese means pile driver. Um, pile driver is when you pick someone up and slam them directly on their head. Uh, and, from what I can tell, from because actually, if you if you go on the UFC, now we have the unified MMA rules, which are supposed to be universal, but they're not really the unified rules because there have been some changes, and not every state and commission has adopted them, and so it's a little bit hazy. although that doesn't really come into um, uh, whether or not a pile driver is legal. That like that's not part of the changes to the MMA rules. I'm just uh, mentioning that, but also some some promotions don't use them like one has their own modified set where they allow grounded knees and ryzen that's that's its own beast so um yeah but but it does say it is a foul and from what i can tell it's not one of those fight ending ones where like like a knee like in the greg hardy debut where he got that illegal knee like that was they stopped the fight because he couldn't continue it was a a dq this seems like a pile driver seems like a foul like fence grabbing or eye pokes where the ref can can sort of you know um warn you or take a point away but i don't think it's a fight ending foul where it's an immediate dq like 12 to 6 elbows or or something like that um that said and i'll i'll what I was going to say earlier is that um, if you go on UFC.com there, I mean, I already talked about the fucking problems with that website, but they have their, the unified rules on there and it doesn't mention pile drivers being illegal actually. Um, and I remember uh, when Clay Guida fought Nate Diaz, he picked him up and slammed him on his head. I don't know if you would call it a pile driver. Maybe he landed on his shoulders kind of like he curled, but um, obviously this was somewhat of a pile driver uh, with Rose and, and Jessica And I I guess to answer your question, was it legal? I guess. Yes. But and just, just because they didn't stop the fight, like what, what goes, you know, it's it's sort of like the final ruling, like was Oche guilty? Yes, but he was ruled not guilty. If that makes sense, it's probably a terrible analogy, but um, it is what it is. We have a new champion now and, no one's going to do anything about it. Now, if Rose and her team want to appeal the loss, they might have a leg to stand on. But even, even then, um, with the Brazilian commission that that's probably not going to happen (laughs) because when you appeal a loss, it, it goes to the commission. It's not from the UFC. Um, it has to be the sanctioning body. And, um, yeah, I think they're going to let that one slide. So fortunately, I guess it is somewhat legal. Um, Although, while well, not being legal, I guess. Uh, and then he says, should, should Silva sign in the card? wait for a vet? Um, what should he do next? Now, regarding that, um, Anderson Silva is going to... He, Silva's going to Silva, basically. Um, he thinks he can hang with these guys to an extent. I think he's a little bit honest about his age. He's talked about being a little bit old in some interviews. But he's also... Um, like I said, his skills are such that he can he can defend and not take too much damage um, and but I think he also I think he also thinks he has a lot more miles left than I think he does like I was thinking about this when i I talked about earlier about um his um, contract extension that he was working on before this fight, and I remember when Yo Romero beat um, Chris Weidman And that was supposed to be part of a little Sort of sort of middleweight tournament To determine who was going to fight Michael Pisping. And obviously he called him out He was like I love you Mike You say something like this for me But I love you See you soon Boy We all know that interview um, He then he then went on Ariel's show because after that, they sort of announced that Michael Bisping was going to fight GSP. And they had that whole press conference. And Ariel brought all on to get his thoughts. And Yo was like, no, we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe I'll fight Anderson Silva for interim title. We'll see. And he was like, like I thought it was weird that a fighter would call out an interim title. And, and some people have done that before. And I think it's just weak, dude. Don't call an interim title. Unless they offer, like obviously, if they offer it to you, take it. But no, but then they tried to do that. But are they? Are the UFC tried to book that fight in Brazil, but for no title? And they brought Anderson on the show, and they call him. And they said, "They said, what's going on with this fight? Have they offered it to you?" And then Anderson goes, "I'm very disappointed, bro. I'm very disappointed." The UFC not respect my legacy. Why? Why Romero come to Brazil for no title? And I and I just was like, "Are you trying to get killed? Romero's gonna kill you." And yeah, they're they're actually similar in age, but in terms of miles and MMA thing, like Romero is not um taken as much as much damage and hasn't had as much fights as Anderson has. So he's actually hanging with the young guys and hits like a fucking truck so to answer your question and to your point about should should israel been the last young passing of the torch fight he should have taken does he think you have something to prove he certainly doesn't have anything to prove and i don't think he thinks that but i also don't think he's in in the interest of like picking fights um I mean yes, Anderson has sort of picked fights in the past, especially when he was champion, um to really get that record of title defenses, but I but I also think at this point I think he's like no, I'm I'm still the one of the greatest of all time. I'm I'm going to take whatever whatever fight I want. And so um I think if he recovers in time, he will take another fight, but like the middleweight division isn't really filled with like as far as the top 15, it's not really filled with like older guys um say for maybe jacare uh so maybe they do that fight but i also think they, they're both the kind of guys that have said they don't really like, want to fight another brazilian in the past i know um, jacare fought vitor belfort um so but i think that was like tough on him like mentally he brutalized him. i think like tko in the first round but i honestly think he'll be out for a while because of this injury um he doesn't recover as fast as he used to. Um, the last time he did, he, he went back and fought Nick Diaz, and then he got tested positive for steroids, and I think it was because of, you know, trying to help the recovery. Uh, so I honestly don't think um, he'll be back for a long time, and who knows what the division will shape up like when when he does return. So um, the answer is I don't know, really. I mean, I think we have to wait and see. Uh, next question, at mixed demand asks, boxers or briefs? And first of all, God bless you, sir, because I want more non-MMA questions on this podcast because it breaks up the monotony. And I want to, I want to talk only about MMA on this podcast. Uh, I don't want to talk about other things really because I want to be the place that you know you can come to for sort of the post-fight recaps and um, just general open discussion. But that said, when I open it up for questions. You can ask, I mean, I'm really opening it up. I mean, you can ask me anything. Boxers or briefs? Second of all, to answer your question, boxers. If you're wearing briefs, you goddamn animal. They look stupid, bunches up. Um, I like my boys to breathe. Um, Yeah, boxers, definitely, all day. Um, Or commando, not above that. You know, I said it, putting it out there. What? Sometimes none. How about that? No, mostly boxers. But yeah, fuck briefs. Come on. What? Only thing worse than briefs is tighty-whities. If you're if you wearing tighty whiteys, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um... And then a, a couple people on here had just kind of posted some comments, so I, I just wanted to to read them um, and sort of react to them, talk about it, because like I said, it doesn't always have to be a question. I want this to be sort of an open forum. We can talk about things together. Um, this gentleman, uh, not really sure how to pronounce his handle or name. The handle is at, bra. and his name is... Mozambique here but it's a white dude Let's See where he's from You are from No, oh, it doesn't have a location on his um on his uh, bio so, a little side tangent here. Let why are why are people posting weird shit in their bio? Uh um uh, well I mean you can post whatever you want in bio, but but in the location like this one account I saw in there, and it made me laugh. Like, they they make me laugh. But afterwards, I'm always like, but why? Like, on your location, you're supposed to put where you fucking live. So people will know. Um, like, just what city or state, at least, or, or country, wherever you're from. So you can rep your, uh, I don't know, hometown. But this fucking guy, uh, his location was like, he's ass, my dude. What is that? That's not a location. Uh, anyway, Mozambique here does not have a location. Uh, Unless you are are actually from Mozambique. Um, I'm I'm not trying to sound ignorant by saying there's no white people in Mozambique, but are there? I don't know. Anyway, Mozambique here says, (laughs) going into it, I felt like this was a terrible matchup for Nama Yunus. I was surprised to see everything in that fight, to to be honest. Like, didn't expect Rose to fight like a fucking savage, and then after the savagery, get KO'd like that. My jaw dropped when I saw it. And don't get me wrong, I bet on Andraj, but man, to see it happen the way it did, dang, lol, completely out of left field. And first of all, you should always expect Rose to fight like a savage. And I and I I totally get um, the Andraj fans not realizing that Rose could do that to Andraj. A lot of you guys think she's invincible and that she's a tank, and she is, or not invincible, but she is a tank. But um, come on. If you didn't see that, you didn't see Rose doing that initially. You didn't watch enough of Rose fights, especially the second Joanna fight. Dude, Joanna is a decorated Muay Thai champion, and she beat her in the striking. I mean, like outpointed her. Like, come on. So, so to see those tools and to see her, you know, grabbing those submissions like she did—that's vintage Rose. Uh, but everything else you said, completely agree with it. The fucking slam, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it. Uh, the I was watching this in a bar. Um, shout out MJs in New Jersey. Um, love the vibe there. And I've been in. I've been in, that place is loud as fuck usually. And I've been in it now twice where um, finishes um, have gotten quiet. And I watched um, Brian Ortega versus Frankie Yeager at this bar. And obviously being in Jersey, Frankie Eger is a Jersey guy. When Frankie Edgar got knocked out. That fucking place was quiet, and this is the same thing. Like, there were some people that were rooting for Andrade, but it was mostly a pro Rose crowd. And like, whenever Rose was a, or there was, there's a lot of people that like are like don't care. They just want to see action. And like when when Rose was was lighting her up like she did, people were like, "Fuck yeah, Rose!" I was cheering. Uh, my fiance was cheering. We were loving it, and. When the slam happened, it was just like crickets, and I like couldn't believe it. I still can't. I mean, I can. I mean, I, I know Andrade has the tools. You know that wasn't surprising, but I still like I didn't see Rose getting finished like that. Um, so yeah, craziness. Um, my man at Smoky J MMA asks, Volkanovski man. Do you think he has done enough to warrant a title shot he sure thinks he has and yes let me talk about this because the conversation right now is should it be volkanovsky or should it be frankie edgar and i think if you want to do frankie edgar i'm okay with that uh I think he w- he was supposed to fight Max. Um, he gave or Ortega an opportunity, and he didn't have to. He took that on three weeks' notice. Um, but Frankie uh, Eggers an OG. He doesn't care. And he took a risk and got knocked out, and it sucks. Um, he came back a month later, and he put a clinic on Cub Swanson. And he was scheduled to fight the Korean Zombie later that year, um, and he ended up getting an injury. Um, so... He's been willing to fight, he just hasn't. And I think the timing of it, like, I still want to see that Max fight. And so people are like, Well, he's on a one fight winning streak. Which, yeah. Um. But he's he wouldn't be the first to to get a um to get a fight off a one fight winning streak. Uh Holly Holm just getting a title shot. JDS got a title shot off a one fight winning streak. Chelsea got a title shot off of a loss. I mean, it's not uncommon. So, and and even Chelsea got off of a one, I think a one, maybe two fight winning streak um, when he got the rematch against Anderson. So it's not uncommon for them to do that when, when it's a b- bigger name. And I think they could do Frankie. That said, if you ask me, if I'm the matchmaker, I think Volkanovsky deserves it. So, like I said, if they do the Frankie Edgar fight, great. I would love to see that. I think they, they should make that at some point. Or maybe Frankie gets the winner of Max and, and Alex. But but Volkanovski should not take another fight. Um, even if the UFC has to pay him to sit out, um, he should be fighting for the title his next fight. Make no bones about it. So that's that's my take on that. Um, uh, and this next gentleman says, so I when I made that post about questions, I just said, I am shook after these fights. And so this guy says, shook about which one? Silva's old. Uh, lost all three. Jose lost all three rounds. It wasn't close. Maybe he means Jose Aldo. I don't know. Um, Nog is a damn dinosaur. I'll give you the Rose fight. That needs a rematch ASAP. And that's what I was talking about. I was really talking when I said I was shook. It was really about the Rose um, KO. And um, regarding the rematch, I think I talked about this earlier it it sucks because the finish was controversial enough that it could warrant a, a, an immediate rematch but they already did that with her and yoana and i don't think they want to go that route and rose is not sure if she wants to to do this anymore at least for a while i i think you know given those post postline interviews i think they're they're not going to do that um but i I would love to see them run it back at some point if Rose decides to stick around. Um, like I said, I think maybe they do the fight with her and Carla and uh, maybe get her confidence back up. And then um, whoever holds the belt, if it's her, Michelle, or even Tatiana, you know, Rose gets another crack at it. Um, I think she deserves it. She is a champion in my eyes. And like Ioana said, to gave her some props on, on social media afterwards. She's saying, you know, you've reached the league of, of UFC champions and that's forever. And, uh, she's damn right about that. Um, no one can take that away from her. Um, and then, uh, um, VT to MI 802, um, which I think means Vermont to Michigan. Um, 802 is the uh, Vermont area code. Shouts to Vermont. Uh, my mom is from there. My uh, grandpa still lives there. Um, got some family there. So, uh, Love Vermont. Um, he says, is Andrage on steroids? Where can I get these steroids? And automatic rematch for Rose. And JG replied to him saying, yes, Brazil, no. And, um, it's cool that you wanted to respond to him, but didn't want to leave your own question. But, um, I purposely don't respond to the questions on here so that I can answer them on air. So whatever. Um, to answer your question, VT2MI, um, everyone's on steroids, to quote the Diaz brothers. Um, no, I mean obviously with USADA, uh, unless something comes out afterward, uh, we kind of have to take take it as um, everyone's fighting clean, unless you know everyone's kind of innocent until proven guilty in that regard. Um, but. Jay said it best. Where can you get those steroids? Brazil, um, obviously um, some uh, vitamins. I mean, she's a beast, though. I think I think it's just hard work. Like she used to fight at one thirty five uh, when she first got in the UFC. So I think she just she just built that way. Um, and then as far as the automatic rematch goes, I said I said my piece on that. I would like to see um, do the rematch um, someday, but. Um, even though I'm obviously a fan of Rose, I'm not really a fan of immediate rematches. Um, historically, they don't always work out. You know, um, Anderson Silva, Cody T.J. I mean, like, there's a ton of examples. Barao Dillashaw. Like, there's a ton of examples where the immediate rematch doesn't um, um, really yield a different result. <sighs> So that's kind of a depressing note to end um end the show. Actually, I'm not going to end it on that note because I I do have another note to end it on, which is to say um normally I would end the show with a prediction for next week's fight, um which is uh next week May 18th, um the UFC is going to be in Rochester, New York. Um I hate New York City, but um love upstate New York. Um so shouts to to you if you're in um upstate New York. Um I really would have loved to have seen Gregor Gillespie on that card. Um that's what they were going to do against Kevin Lee, but um Kevin Lee versus arte is a fun fight. But I will not be watching that because as I alluded to in the opening, you boys getting married. Um, I'll be getting married next week on the eighteenth. And um it's obviously a huge day. And uh I might catch some of the recap. I mean, we're going to go head to the bar um just just to kind of spend time with our friends and then sort of celebrate and keep keep the party going after the wedding, but um that's not going to be until like 10:30 and with these um newer um earlier start times with the ESPN deal, um maybe I'll catch the main event, you know? So, um honestly, I don't I don't think um I'm I'm going to be watching too many of those fights. Uh, that said, uh, I think um, RDA will get it done, but um, I'm not gonna like put my foot in the sand about that. I mean, it really could go either way. Kevin Lee certainly has the tools to get it done. RDA hasn't been looking good against wrestlers lately, so I think maybe he just wants to like crack that nut, you know? Um, that's a fucking terrible solve that puzzle is what I should have said. Um, okay. So, uh, just wrapping up here, I guess, thanks everyone for, um, um, for listening to the show. It means a lot to me. Um, shout out, um, MMA marks and MMA nerd. Um, we talked about them earlier in the show, but, um, I love, uh, just interacting with those, um, people on social media because it's kind of cool that we can kind of support each other and listen to each other's podcasts. Um, there's, there's room in this space for, for everybody, you know, so, um, no competition here, just love. And, um. I love you guys um keep the questions going you can always if there's anything you want to talk about um you know on air you can um, shoot me an email fighting with myself pod at gmail.com or you can um, you can dm me at fwm underscore pod or like i said you know wait till after the fights when i put out that um you know the bat signal um and I'm, i might do an episode next week um my boy leo is going to be in town uh he's uh one Of the groomsmen in my wedding, and um, this will be a fun um time. Leo Leo is like uh, one of my only friends who's um as into MMA as I am, so we might just talk about um just fights in general and uh maybe recap the wedding for you guys if anyone wants to hear it. So, um, if you want to hear that episode or if you want to hear me talk about my wedding, um, you know, talk about it on Twitter uh, or Instagram. I'm on there, same handle FWM underscore pod, but uh, yeah good night and good fights, I guess. Um, thanks again and, um, love you.